Why, hello there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Why don't you follow me and I'll find a place for you to take that load off. The boys are just about to start. If you've been here before, welcome back. But if this is your first time, let me fill you in on a few details. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ. And it's our continuing prayer that everyone that walks through those doors grows a little closer to Jesus every day. And I tell you what, you came at a great time too. The boys are walking through the entire Bible from cover to cover, one story at a time. Speaking of stories, we'd love to hear yours. So why don't you tell us all about it in that box below called comments. And after this is all over, if you like what you heard, on the way out, there's a button called subscribe. It's red and it's got a little bell next to it. Oh, and tell your friends. Oh, 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 here we go. Here's a nice seat right up front for you. Now you sit down and get comfortable. And I'd like to sit here and talk to you and get to know you better, but that was the door. I got to go. Those boys had better get the lead out and get going. This crowd seems restless. I'm coming, I'm coming. Order up. All right, Genesis 34 is where we're going to go today. Uh, but let's go ahead and do a little recap. We're just finishing off. We're right at the tail end of the story of Jacob and Esau. Uh, they just met. They just came back together after not seeing each other for, wasn't it, 20-some years? Yeah, almost 21 years. So about 21 years, he hasn't seen his brother. Actually, his whole family he hasn't seen. He's been staying with his uncle. But today, we're going to talk about one of Jacob's daughters and what happened to her. Okay, so this is Genesis 34. Now, Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she had borne to Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. When Shechem, I want to get this guy's name right, Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivitite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her and lay with her and violated her. His soul was strongly attracted to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the young woman and spoke kindly to the young woman. So he raped her, and then now he's trying to sweet-talk her now, I guess? I mean, I mean, this is terrible. Is this, is this not, like, throw anybody for a loop? When I started reading this originally, I'm like, what? Helsinki Syndrome, the Hel kidnap. The kid? Oh, no, 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 no. It's, uh... No, it's Helsinki Syndrome, but it's when the person that gets kidnapped tries to actually fall for the other person. The kidnappee. The kid kidnappee? Yeah. No, not the kidnappee, but the kidnapper. The kidna yeah, yeah, the, the kidnappee gets by the kidnapper. Yeah. No, that's called Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, Stockholm. Stockholm Syndrome. There we go. Either way. Yeah, so, so I, I don't know. He's trying, to, he's trying to make her fall for it. So, what do you guys think, though? I, I Before we lose this point... What do you think about the whole beginning part where it says that Dinah went to go hang with the ladies of the land? Well, for one, this is the first time we've heard of Dinah since she was born. Right. Number two, I think that they just sojourned to a spot and she's old enough now that she wants to go and take her place. She wants to go be with the, the women and, and learn their customs and see what's new you know see what's expected of the people in the area okay so do you think it was a uh, i don't know i don't know how to word this uh, go, go ahead go ahead i feel it's kind of like nowadays when or back in the day when you used to go to the mall you used to go to the mall to go hang out with the girls and talk and like also check out the guys okay okay 
So, I mean, if you're going to see the girls there, you're going to see the guys there. It doesn't matter, okay? Like, even back then, in our time, or now. Right. If you go with, hang out with the girls, you're going to see guys. That's the way I looked at okay, this. Okay, so, so like you, she was almost like checking out the land, not just for the girls? I don't yeah. know. I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to figure this out because I heard, and I don't know, I heard that she went there and she probably shouldn't have gone there because they knew that that land was pagan. So yeah. like she was, how can I put this? Like she was basically sneaking out of town to go to the mall to hang out with some girl. If you, if right, you know what I mean? Right, like it doesn't right. sound to me like this was an innocent, I want some girlfriends to hang out with. It sounds more like it's, you know what? I'm sick of staying at home. And like getting out, getting out into to the other lands, and and checking out what's 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 out there, basically. Right. Get well, it? I I can kind of get behind that, but I don't think that the the ladies of this era that we're speaking of had a lot of time to kind of hang out. It was their job to go get the water. It was their job to do the cooking and the the cleaning, and they had roles that they had to adhere to. Diana. She's surrounded by brothers and then her, her parents and concubine mothers, you know. So she went out to be around other ladies to learn what, you know, what is expected of them. She has to figure out where the, where the watering hole is. What Back then it wasn't the woman that got to pick who they're going to marry. So for, for her to go try to pick out guys, you know, okay, feel that's a, a good point. awkward. That's a good point. I'll give you that one. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that one. Hey, girls, where's the salon? Right, right, okay. <laughs> but it's still, um, I still think it was more like to be with more other women. I get that. I, I because, you know, it's for them to go do the wash in a city or even that, you can look at cultures today do the same thing that they did back then where there was one watering hole where you went and go do your wash and you do all the other stuff. Right. But we're talking about Jacob here. We're not talking about, a, a, you know, a family of 12. Like by this point, we're talking about Jacob, all of his family members, all of their children, all of their servants, all of that. You know what I mean? Like we're not talking about a dozen, two dozen, three dozen. We're talking about several dozen people. We're probably talking about a hundred people here. They're their own city, small city by, yeah, you know, on, the, on their own. But if you look at like the smaller, poorer countries, because that's what I think of when I think of this stuff is the rustic, poorish style ways. Yeah, but they, were, they wouldn't have considered it poor. <laughs> I know, but that's what I mean though. Right. Well, okay. So I, I don't know. It just sounds to me, it sounds to me like, and I might be off, but it sounds to me like she probably got into something she probably shouldn't have got into when she got there. You know what I mean? Like it, she probably shouldn't have been in that town. The interesting thing I, I did find here though, get, check this out while I was reading this um, verse uh, just before verse four, um, uh, he spoke kindly to the young woman. So Shechem spoke to his father, uh, Hamar saying, get me that young woman as a wife. Now, hold on. Do you notice, and you guys will see this as we go through, her name, look at this transition. It says, now Dinah, verse 1, now Dinah, the daughter of Leah, and then look at the last verse, or I'm sorry, look at uh, verse 4, and then it says, get me that young woman. Just before verse 4 and verse 3, it says, kindly to the young woman. 
Like it's now all of a sudden because of what happened, it's like her name is those people call her that young woman instead of by her name. Well, probably, probably that. Probably that. Okay. All right. So let me keep reading here. Verse five. And Jacob heard uh, that he had defiled Dinah, his daughter. Now his sons were very, um, I'm sorry, were with the livestock in the field. So Jacob held his peace until they came. Verse six. Then Hamar, the father of Shechem, went out to Jacob to speak with him. And the sons of Jacob came in from the field when they heard it. And the men were grieved and very angry because he had done a disgraceful thing in Israel by lying with Jacob's daughter in a thing which ought not to have been done. But Hamar spoke with them, saying, the soul, of my, the soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. Please give her to him as a wife and make marriage with us. Give your daughters to us and take our daughters to yourselves. So you shall dwell with us, and the land shall be before you. Dwell and trade in it, and acquire possessions before yourselves in it. It's not, I'm just going to say, it sounds like they're bribing him, because they know that they probably shouldn't have had this happen. What, I, what I've seen back in verse 8, this is coming from the NIV, but it says, My son Shechem has his heart set on your daughter. I don't think it's like a love thing. It's more like a, she's pretty and I, I, I want her. I've had her. I want her to stay with me. Um, I think that kind of love is what the love he was talking about. Not like the, let me work for you for um, seven years. Not a Jacob love. Right. And I like how, you know, I don't know if, it, if, if Diana came home and, and, said to her dad this is what happened because in verse 5 when Jacob heard that his daughter Dinah had been defiled it didn't say how he came about this like did somebody like knock up on the door and say hey um, I just slept with you know my son slept with your daughter and we want her now he had to take process time or did Dinah come and all like freaked out and say dad I went I went into town and this is what happened you know there's still process time so it sounds to me like, I mean, if something like that would have happened to a young lady, I would, I would assume she would come home and like, just be so livid and freaking out. And I mean, not know what to do if she wasn't, if she wasn't going there expecting that. The scripture here actually uh, describes that for us because in verse five, Jacob heard that his daughter had been defiled. Verse six, Shechem's father went to talk to Jacob. Right. Right. And so the only people that knew that this happened was was Dinah and uh, Shechem, then Dinah would be the one that said, hey, dad, this is what happened. And then Hamar showed up and, and wanted to talk to Jacob. I'm sure that was like a, a tension you could cut with a knife. <laughs> thought, Speaking from a, a dad's point of view. Although, I don't know, Jacob, don't forget, Jacob's hip is still out of place, guys. Like, it's still messed up. Whether fully dislocated or not, It's he's he's... Yeah, he's still in pain, but he's still got that fight spirit in him. <laughs> I don't think it is. I don't. I don't see it that way. What? See the? I don't see the daughter coming to tell the dad. I, that's what I'm assuming. Like I'm assuming she came home and she was just distraught and and like, you know, uh, I, honey, would you talk to me? No, I don't want to talk to anybody. Like she's just like out of it. Yeah, but I can see that more than anything. 
but I kind of feel like the fact that it just like spread around town it was a few hours later because you know well it was the prince apparently yeah. so I mean I kind of feel like it was almost a not a what are the servants happened to come home at the time and go hey yeah sorry about your daughter and just kind of went about his way because you don't hear the fact that like it's still not only a dishonor to him and his family but it's a dishonor to her family you know what i mean it's not only the fact that there's two sides to this it's not just one when people do this it's two and here, here we see uh, history repeating itself one more time. You see the leader of the land coming to talk to the lineage of Abraham and saying, let's make peace. You can live here. You can intermarry with us, dwell in our lands. You know, I'll pay whatever you ask of me and just live, live among us, be part of us. So let me continue on here, verse 11 here. It says, then Shechem said to her father and her brother, see what I mean? Like her name is like being expunged every time it brings this up. Uh, Let me find favor in your eyes and whatever you say to me, I will give. Ask me ever so much dowry and gift and I will give according to what you say to me. But give me the young woman as a wife. Uh, Verse 13, then the sons of Jacob answered, answered Shechem and Hamar, his father, and spoke deceitfully because he had defiled Dinah, their sister. See, they're mentioning her name. And they said to them, we cannot do this thing to give our sister to one who is uncircumcised. For that would be a reproach to us. But on this condition, we will consent to you. If you will become as we are, if every male of you is circumcised, then we will give you our daughters to you, and we will take your daughters to us, and we will dwell with you, and we will become one people. But if we will not heed, if you will not heed us and become circumcised, then we will take our daughters and be gone. And their words pleased him. I don't know how this pleased the guy. This <laughs> and their words pleased Hamar and Shechem, Hamar's son. So the young man did not delay to do the thing because he delighted in Jacob's daughter. Time out right here. Go. Go for it. <laughs> go for it. Verse 18. Uh, and their proposal seemed good to Hamar and his son Shechem. This is proof that news dies somewhere. Like when Abraham, when Abraham had his whole company circumcised back in the day. <laughs> you know, okay, I'm sorry. I wish. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. I wish we had video in this podcast because Tom just <laughs> waved his hand like it was a hatchet. Had circumcised. <laughs> okay, keep going. <laughs> Anybody that was within earshot of that camp wouldn't think, hmm, this is a good idea. <laughs> See, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking, maybe they don't know what circumcision is. Maybe they're like, oh, yeah, we'll all do it. Yeah, let's do this. 
And then afterward, like, like, okay, so verse 19. So then the young man did not delay to do the thing because he delighted in Jacob's daughter. He was more honorable than all the household of his father. So what is he like? Okay, okay, yeah, guys, let's do this. What do I got to do? And they pulled out like a knife. Okay, let me show you. I don't think this story tells us how many men. I think all it says is all the men. All the men, yep. Verse 20. And Hamar and Shechem, his son, came to the gate of their city and spoke with the men of their city, saying, These men are at peace with us. Therefore, let them dwell in the land and trade in it. For indeed, the land is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters to us as wives, and let us give them our daughters. Only on this condition, what is it, O king? Will the men consent to dwell with us, to be one people, if every man among us is circumcised? As they are circumcised. Verse 23, will not their livestock, their property, and every animal of theirs be ours. Only let us consent to them, and they will dwell with us. And all who went out of the gate of the city, indeed, heeded Hamar and Shechem, his own. Every male was circumcised, all who went out of the city gates. Well, we found their price. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Three days later. What? Really? It took them three days? That's that's a lot. We're not there yet. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, let's okay, yeah, let's keep, let's keep going. This, and the story continues. Hold on a second, because this is where it flips. This is where it flips, and you know, you're wondering how you can get a whole city full of men to change their minds or or go in in a, a way that they're not even sure of what it means. Greed and search for power comes into play. This tells me that Jacob and his flocks and, and all the people with him are possibly greater than the city Ooh. because the men, the men will agree to live with us, their livestock, their property, and all their animals will become ours. Yes. So agree to the terms and they'll settle among us. So they're like, look at this over here. That will all be ours if we just do this thing. And so they're like, that's a small price to pay. Let's do it. All right. And he's got 11 strapping young men, young men as boys that are like well in the trade. So they'd be a good catch for any one of their daughters. Right. What, what, what a couple of episodes ago, we, we figured it out. What was it? Almost a 500 head each of different livestock. And they probably have only grown from there. Well, and, and no, that wasn't even all it. of it. That yeah. wasn't even all the livestock. It was, like, half of it. it was just parts of it. Yeah. That yeah. he was sending to his brother. And I don't even think his brother took any of it. No, he didn't. He kept it, uh, he gave it all back to Jacob. So you're looking at a couple thousand head for each animal plus everything else. Right. It's just Servants, like, family member, yeah. Yeah, no, you guys say that, but like that that's a small town in itself. Especially with a couple thousand head just in a couple different animals. That's a lot of space. That's one wealthy family is what that is. Uh, uh, verse 25. Now it came to pass on the third day when they were in pain that two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, each took his sword and came boldly upon the city and killed all the males. And they killed Hamar and Shechem, his son, with the edge of the sword and took Dinah from Shechem's house and went out. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain 
and plundered the city because their sister had been defiled. They took their sheep, their oxen, their donkeys, and what was in the city and what was in the fields, and all their wealth, all their little ones and all their wives they took captive, and they plundered even all that was in the houses. Okay, so let's stop right there. So they, so two of the sons, Simeon and Levi, basically was like, kill all the men. So Levi and Simeon killed an entire city of men, and then the rest Apparently. of the sons came out and looted. They have to defend their sister's honor because their dad with a busted hip ain't gonna do it. <laughs> what what is your what does your verse uh, twenty seven say? Twenty seven. <clears throat> well, here's twenty eight. Uh, they put Hamar and his sons Shechem to the sword and took Dinah from Shechem's house and left. 27. The sons of Jacob came upon dead bodies and looted the city where their sister had been defiled. Turn to Genesis 49. So this is verse 5. It says it, he's going through all of his sons and talking about his sons and, and his family and his life and, huh. and so on. And check this out. This is Genesis 49, verse 5. Simeon and Levi are brothers, instruments of cruelty are in their dwelling place. Let not my soul enter their council. Let not my honor be united to their assembly. For in their anger, they slew a man. And in their self-will, they hamstrung an ox. Cursed be the anger, for it is fierce. And their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Do you realize that he's? this is what he's talking about? Right. Like, in, in part, this is what he's talking about. This is Jacob's, their dad's last words. Apparently, these two guys were super hotheads. So, let's finish this off, and then we'll kind of talk about it. Uh, verse 30, Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have troubled me by making me obnoxious among the inhabitants of this land, among the Canaanites, and the parasites, and since I am few in number, they will gather themselves together against me and kill me. I shall be destroyed, my household and I. But they said, should he treat our sister like a harlot? Let me let me ask you guys a question. Who's right in this in this passage? Well, honestly, I, I believe Jacob is right in this passage. If you look like up, a harlot. If you, if you go back up to verse... 13, where Jacob's sons replied deceitfully. I'm thinking that this wasn't lost on them. They've all been circumcised. They all knew the pain. So this feels like a premeditation. They were angry before they even had this conversation. And so they were planting their seed of you know, premeditation by weakening them right out of the gate. And they were all in the mindset of, if you're not going to do anything about it, then we will. And that's what it, that's what it sounds like. Do you think this story would have what would have played out a little differently if Jacob would have I don't know stepped up in some way, struck a deal, or said absolutely not, or whatever? Because it seems like Jacob just kind of falls out of the picture. It seems like his sons step in and Jacob's kind of like pushed aside and, oh, yeah, 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 you can have our daughter if you do this. Or, I'm sorry, you can have my sister if you do this. Because Jacob does not seem to consent to that. 
I, I agree. Um, I, I believe that Jacob is still trying to make it work. He's now living out on his own, so he's trying to make the best decision, the best choices for his community. This is where Jacob's like, kids, you are making this hard. <laughs> you know, you know, he's, you know, it, it was not a, a good thing that happened here, but he was trying to make the best of a bad situation. Their brothers have been probably protecting their only sister for a long while. So it's like, hey, now, by your actions here, guys, you have made it look like I'm an unreasonable guy now. Like, <laughs> if you mess with my family, then you guys are just going to get wiped out. What message is that going to be to the next town we reside next to? Well, I don't, I don't know. And this is a little foreshadowing for later on. But what we find out later on is that Jacob has the same condition, more or less, that his own parents had growing up. Of favoritism in the family. Oh. So I, I, I guarantee that that played a lot in the role of all 12 of these boys. Why do you think this story was placed in scripture? For what purpose? To show it's not all Jacob's fault. Okay. It's actually not bad. Well, I think that the purpose shows um, further character development of what the sons were capable of. Because foreshadowing into Joseph's story, I mean, that, that plays, that perception plays big in decisions that are going to be made and the implications of all actions leading up to that. Simeon, I believe, was the one that had the idea to throw him in a pit and to sell the kid is because the next story forces Jacob to move because that's the very next chapter. All right, I'll go ahead and end out on a word of prayer, guys. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for this engagement in your word. And we pray, Father, that uh, you'll please send us someone that we can share this story with Lord, and I pray you'll send your Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and guidance on it. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. This was this has been Justin. This has been Sully. And this has been Tom. See you guys later. Well, hello, everyone. Now that this is all over, I hope you had a great time. Now, listen, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I'm closing up. And the boys gave me this note to let you know you can get a hold of them on something called Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Podcast. Podcast? What are they, fishing for whales? Listen, folks, just look up Biblical Chili anywhere. I'm sure you'll be able to find them out there. And until Lord willing, we'll see you again. May the Lord bless you. Goodbye. Do you think they're still listening? I doubt it. There can't be that many people that listened all the way to the end of the track. Most of them probably skip it. But in case you did, congratulations. You're one of the few.
We love you.